And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome back to Red Side of the Trent. This is Adam Wicklow speaking, a full house, although Rob Nettle has joined us instead of Lee Clark, as ever joined by Reese Lane and Christian Bounce go through the 2-0 loss at Craven Cottage to Fulham, where Willian and so- uh, Solomon scored for, for, for Fulham. Reese, obviously you are the one that actually went to the game, so we'll start with yourself. Um, Serge Aurier and Gustavo Scarpa come in for Williams and Danilo, and Lingard and Danilo completely left out of the squad. And John Joe Shelby made the bench, and, and actually Emmanuel Dennis got got some uh, got time on the bench, obviously came on later, we'll come on to that. Um, what do you make of uh, the, the line-up there, and did you feel quite confident going into the game within the ground? Um, I... If I've seen it from a neutral's perspective, you, you, you had to fancy Fulham because they are where they are in the league and as well, we're pretty poor away from home. So I think if you are a gambling man like myself, you would have probably put Fulham on your coupon really yesterday. You know, obviously trying to stay positive as a can on this pod and I did think we could go there and get a point, which is what I predicted like. But um, the team, um, for me... I said this when we played Manchester United. Now, I'm not comparing Fulham to Manchester United, but Scarpa just doesn't work in a free for me in the midfield. Um, and he really struggled to get on the ball yesterday. And Froiler and Mangala really struggled yesterday. Um, that was probably Froiler's poorest game I think I've seen from him. Um, and they've got uh, Palinia and Reed in there, who we were both really good, get around the pitch well. And we... We struggled in their first half um, until John Joe Shelby came on second half, as we'll come on to. But um, no, I, I kind of, this is what I said to the Fulham fan when I went on their pod on Friday. I, Steve Cooper's just got so much leeway with Forest fans 
I don't really like look at the team in terms of before the game of what I'd change. I just trust the guy so much that I'm just happy with what he picks. But no, if it if it was up to me, I think Scarpa and that is a free sentiment, especially away from home as well. I think you've just got to go solid in that um, three solid midfielders in that three in the middle. And we just kind of miss like Ryan Yates' aggression, tenacity in that middle yesterday. Um, so it might have been ideal with obviously Yates not being in fit at the minute that Jack Colback might have played yesterday but you know Cooper made that decision I can't fault him for wanting to be a bit more attacking minded because yeah you know what I mean we don't just want to plant 11 men behind the ball every game we play away so but um, yeah he made the changes for the second half very quickly um, so he obviously probably saw that himself and as we'll come on to, we was better in the second half, but them fine margins, as we mentioned, has cost us a game yesterday. Yeah. Rob, I want to go on to the most bizarre thing I think I've ever seen in football or heard in football, which is Willie Bolly and Scott McKenna going off within the first five minutes of the game, but within the same incident. Um, what did you make of it? And I've seen people say about sacking fitness coaches and physios and all that sort of stuff but i would like a level-headed opinion on this in the <laughs> ordeal um yeah um i'm gonna sound like my dad here but if i'm watching i'm thinking have they warmed up properly because five minutes into a game for both of them to you know be clutching the back of their legs with muscle pulls or whatever it is is something's not right there um the Bolly one, obviously, I watched it on the TV. And when he went down, I went, there's no one near him. It's not a contact injury, that. And then the next thing, it pans to Scott McKenna. He's on the floor as well. And I'm thinking, this is bizarre. They're both going to come off here. And like I say, yeah, I don't think it's ever happened before where two players have got exactly the same injury in the same position. And you've had to make a double substitution after five, ten minutes. We're lucky that we get five subs now. Because otherwise, it would have been a long old slog. I mean, do you, do you blame fitness coaches or or conditioning uh, people within the club, or is it down to the players? Because essentially, they're just telling them what to do. It's up to the player really to make sure they're thoroughly stretched out and fit to go. Or is it just? Do you think it's just unlucky because it's happened a lot this season of yeah. of injuries, hasn't it? It's probably a mixture of all of those. Um... Obviously, like I say, players should be responsible for making sure they're going through the warm-ups properly and doing everything that they're instructed to do. Um, there's something not quite right with the whole medical team set up at Forest, I don't think. Obviously, we signed a player that had a broken leg. Uh, we didn't know about that. Um, and I don't know if this is true or not, but we, we've not got a head physio or a head something or other. It's just... I'm, a, I'm a unsure on that detail. I don't know if that's true or not, but obviously, I think... Cooper will probably be asking for a for an investigation after what happened yesterday and the amount of injuries that we are getting. It's like when George Boyd failed an eye test <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all over again, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Christian, we're going to move on to yourself. Obviously, the first goal come after about 17 minutes, I believe it was. A good goal from William when you actually look at it, but it's bad defended. I mean, it could be you could say it's a little bit unlucky the ball doesn't break to anyone to, to head it away or kick it away, but I feel like Ren and Lodi's dived in far too easily there on, on William and credit to him he's had to put it in the apex of the goal but it, it could be avoided couldn't it yeah but I think again we are obviously you can save every goal and we've done it ourselves that 
you know, every goal you look at, you can look at better from the defensive aspect. Should it be cleared by Lolly before it even gets to Willian? Probably a bit better. I mean, but I, I'm not, I don't blame him for diving in then because that's Willian's strongest foot is his right foot. So he's actually cut that off. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, it, when I saw the goal, I was like, you know what, to be fair, fair enough. Like, it's that'll probably win goal of the month match today. Like, he's hit that. Literally, as you said, there's, there's in, in a position on his weaker foot where no keeper in the world can get to it with about four men like in his way. Like, I mean, from the okay, the only aspect we can maybe do slightly better is the clearance when it comes that comes back in, and maybe someone can run out to him. I don't know, but it, it's it, it's harsh. It's harsh to say. I think, and, and that's one of these situations where you sort of have to, like, you know, doff your cap to the attacking player really and say, you know what, credit where it's due. You've actually that's a bloody good goal, um, but. To counter something Reese said earlier about, you know, going to Fulham and sort of like, you know, the F remember this Fulham team hadn't won in three and hadn't scored in three games before they played Forest. Like, again, they're having a good season, but it's something I'm sure we'll come on to. But I'm very concerned about our mentality away from home because it just seems like if we go a goal behind, that's it, game over. The only time that hasn't happened this season was Bournemouth and they're going to go down. So that is a big, big worry for me because, you know, this, it's all well and good saying, oh, Fulham are flying high, but, but, you know, we if you, I think if we were privy to those that information before we played them, we probably would say there's no better time to play for them, and mm. we fucked it. Yeah. So you know, it's always it's, I'm not gonna. It's a great goal to score from Willian. I mean, credit where it's due. Again, you know, you're splitting hairs. If I say, I mean, Lottie could probably clear it better. If I'm, I mean, being consistent for myself, if I say that Williams could have dealt with that um, goal, the third goal up City ground better. That Bruno scored with his crap clearance, and maybe Lottie could do better there as well. But in terms of what Williams actually done with the ball, when the ball's come to him, is remarkable. You have to give credit where it's due there. But yeah. there's a bigger issue at hand and it isn't to do with closing down someone from a corner properly. Yeah, fair enough. Just moving on before we get into the second half, Reese. Um, I was obviously, I could listen to it on the radio and every time we seem to pass the ball, it either comes short and all I kept hearing was Tim Ream's name being echoed around Craven Cottage. And I feel like him and William, the combined age of about 72 or whatever it is, just absolutely bullied us yesterday. Tim Ream bullied Morgan Gibbs-White, Johnson and Chris Wood probably on his own by the sounds of it because he was the only player I seemed to hear on the radio of, of stepping in and then getting Fulham on the counter because our passing just was not up to scratch yesterday. Thoughts? Yeah, Ream was excellent. Um, man of the match for me. Um, definitely would have... William would have challenged him if he'd probably not gone off a bit earlier. Um, but Ream was excellent at the back for them. There's always a game what springs in my mind with Tim Ream was when Fulham was last in the Prem um, and they played Cardiff away. And I remember watching match of the day and they got beat, I think it was 5-2 and Ream was all over the place as a Premier League defender. Now he's kind of gone away and I watched him yesterday and I've watched him a few times this season and he just looked composed, very quick at his position to get to the ball, pressure, on the on Morgan Gibbs White, um, who I'm with Morgan as well. I'm not sure if he is 100% quite fit because mm. you know he's come back from that injury ante. Um, that's not a slight on him at all because he's been brilliant for us. But um, with how important he is to us, but yeah, Ream was um very good for them yesterday, and he he kind of had. I think the one time Johnson did get in behind him was the ball to Wood, which was a bit unlucky as Wood slid in, but um. He was good, and, and Willian. I mean, he had he hit one as well off the post. Mm. Um, I do agree with Christian. You got to take your hat off to him and say that was a great strike. I did say that in the ground at the time, you know, because he put it right in the top corner, postage stamp. 
it's just obviously from my perspective, Scarpa and Lodi collided as well. Yeah. You just think you got one of them's got a they can speak the same language, they're both Brazilian, you know what I mean? One of it, I'm sure they can communicate, one's just got to deal with that, and they, that's why it kind of come to that. But yeah, you gotta like Christian say. Take your hat off to William for that finish. Um, as for us, yeah, we gave the ball too much away yesterday. It was very sideways, backwards in the first half, lack of movement. And then when we did try and put the ball forward, we just wasn't on that same wavelength and we gave it away quite a lot. I think we gave it away in the move where the, um, Bobby Reed hit the crossbar. I think they broke on us then. He slammed one against the crossbar from 25 yards, which would have been another incredible goal. So, yeah, until John Joe Shelby come on, nobody could get the foot on the ball really for us and actually play it. And Shelby showed me in half an hour what he was on, that if he's fit, he's got to play next Saturday because he can put his foot on the ball and he can just ping it. And he was playing balls over the top, out wide, just balls we've probably not really seen from what Freud and Mangala and Yates as well probably can't really do. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of him in a Forest shirt because he he's what I saw from Shelby a few years ago and what I saw yesterday, and it is only one game, so I'm not going to go over to ET, but he's still got it for me and I think he'll be in the team soon. Yeah, you kind of lead into my next point there uh, for Rob, obviously. John Joe Shelby came on and, and collectively... Obviously, Lee's not here, but in our group chat, we was a bit unsure on John Joe Shelby, especially Christian. So it'd be interesting to get your opinion as well, Christian. But it seemed like the introduction, Rob, of John Joe Shelby seemed to change the game in our favour, especially second half. We kind of started to take over a little bit more and knock on Fulham's door, obviously, until they inevitably scored the second. But what did you make of his cameo performance? And would you agree with Reese that it won't be long till he's first team on the sheet, first first name on the sheet or one of? Yeah, like <clears throat> excuse me, like Reese said, he when he he's just got something about him. You can tell he's been playing at that level for a long time, um, and he's not afraid to you know take the game by the scruff of the net, get hold of the ball, and play short passes, long passes, or whatever. And when he came on, we actually looked a bit more of a threat. We never looked like we were going to score yesterday, but when he came on, it looked a bit better. Um, so he's for me, yeah, he's got to be starting, especially at home, and I think he'll. He'll link up better with Gibbs White and Johnson and players like that because they'll feed off of him having the ball and know that he's going to play a brilliant pass to them, hopefully. So, for me, he's, he's a definite start when he's fit. I mean, how how would you rate the cross he made for Aurier's chance? Because that was probably the only one. That was the only one I've, known, I've, I've seen a match of the day. Obviously, there was a few more half chances, but that was a guilt-edged chance, really. That a good save, but you'd expect to score, maybe. Yeah, he... Um... We did quite well with that because he, he dropped the shoulder to get away from the defender. And then, like I say, it was a great ball into the back post and anywhere else in on the goal where Ori heads, like, it's the goal. But unfortunately, he put it straight at Leno. So, kind of yeah. summed the afternoon up, really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Christian, we, we've talked about Sunday League defending and obviously the second goal for, for Fulham. I mean, we failed to foul uh, one player. They failed to foul Kenny Tete. And, and, and then God knows where Serge Ori has gone or Joe Worrell. But I think Mano Solomon got got uh, the key to West London for him to to slot that one away, didn't he? Yeah, he, he probably could have started doing keep ups and then got his shot away by the time a red shirt got near him. Uh, I mean, 
Oh, it's weird with Aurier because on the one hand, I sort of feel like he was maybe overcommitting to try and get us back into the game. I mean, also at that point, there was, what, two minutes left and maybe, you know, just bombing forward in the hope to try and like, salvage something. So I'm not too critical of that at that stage of the game. If that was in like the third or fourth minute and that happened, I'd have been like livid. But with two minutes to go, you can see there's a positive intention. And like, you know, we said, you have Cooper the other week saying positive mistakes. That probably is one. The issue for me is Worrell and Worrell was poor all game when he came on. Um, like, you know, the, the Mitrovic chance where he danced through two defenders, you know, that they gave the ball away. You know, it, it just seemed like, I don't know what, it, that's, like, you know, that was a world that we haven't seen for a long time. He looked nervous, he looked exposed, he, did, he didn't seem himself at all. Like, you know, you think back to when we had uh, Palace, okay, you know, get the penalty in that game, way in that game to Zaha, but other than that, it was a colossus. And, you know, you think of other games we've had at home where Warhol's been imperious and you look at him yesterday, it's just night and day and he's, I don't know what he's doing for the goal. I really don't like, Felipe has that area semi-covered and there's two men on the far side and he just runs towards Felipe. It's like, Felipe sort of looks at him like, what are you doing? And then, <laughs> lo and behold, the ball goes in the eye and there's two Fulham players just queuing up. And by that point, it's, you know, Solomon says, thank you very much. And that's it, net. But yeah. um, it's, it's just poor. I don't know. I mean, obviously everyone can have a bad game and, yeah, but it's I, not good. I feel um, like Serge Aurier being in the middle of like the the, the D there wasn't I, I hope either to Warrell's case. So that I think no, I think, but I think both of them were were so much at fault for that. In my yeah, honest it's opinion. cause and effect. But I mean, you expect your centre backs to be better positioned. There. I mean, if you, if you can see there's two men on the far side, why are you running towards the ball at that point? Yeah. There's a centre back there already in position. Why are you running towards it? There's no need. Just yeah. stay, stay, at least that way, you might even get a last ditch tackling or something. But if you run towards the ball and knowing there's two men behind you, that's just inexplicable, really. Yeah, um, both, both of them at fault for that, really, yeah. in my opinion. Going back to uh, Shelby very quickly. I mean, my worry with Shelby was that I thought it'd be Harry Art 2.0. I mean, <laughs> someone that's played 34 Premier League minutes all season before coming to Forest. Like, you know, fair enough, Newcastle have different, different aspirations now than they may have had before. But it did certainly seem as if, like, you know, even Woods played like 20 odd times for Newcastle this season. Like Shelby's played literally, I mean, less minutes than Jimmy Garner at Everton. <laughs> so like, you know, you look at it from that perspective, you think, oh Christ, like, you know, signing someone else towards 30, someone else who's just after a payday. I thought we, these days are gone. But I mean, I'm more than happy to be proved wrong on that one. As we said before, much rather be proved wrong on a transfer that we say is, isn't a good fit than be proved right. So if he can deliver the goods and help Forrest in the league, then I'm all for it. Good luck, uh, good luck to him. Yeah, before we go through through some player performance, we'll just go through some slept on it thoughts. So Kyle Booth, not at, not at it first half. Shelby looked good when we came on, and everything we did well in the second half went through him. Still crap away, which needs addressing. Away from home, we can't seem to finish our dinner when we get the chances. That Gary Boldy nerd haven't seen it, so won't comment on the game. But people seem very happy with Felipe. If their injuries aren't too bad, and Niakate can be fit by next week, could that be a blessing for Cooper's selection? Give Wood one more go before the buy clause is activated, then drop and say fifteen mil. I mean, just drop him now for my liking. Um, Red tricky tree, not at the races first half, second better mainly due to John Joe Shelby. Good signing. Don't get why our way form is so poor. It's hardly an intimidating place to go. Wood offers nothing. A waste of the shirt. I'd honestly cut the loan short before we invoke whatever cause he has. Sarah looked so much better with Shelby on second half and all, and I thought Dennis started to show why we signed him. Sure, he needs just a run of games. Tom Newton slept on it. Thoughts? Uh, I think Wood's lack of movement is stifling us at the moment. Don't want to write him off, but his lack of mobility is no good to our style of play. We need willing runners to get down the channels. Uh, 
Josh uh, Osh Jones. Uh, we didn't play great, but to be honest, there was nothing much difference between the win versus Leeds and the loss versus Fulham. Quality finish from Brennan v Leeds and a quality finish from William for Fulham versus us. Tight margins. We won't be the last side beaten by Fulham at Craven Cottage this season. Um, Caper, Nosity and Function. Cooper is setting the mindset for away games and it is worrying that the performance is still so meek. Whatever midfield combinations have been tried, uh, Forrest can't control the games consistently away from home. Maybe Shelby is the answer. Uh, and last of all, Gareth Morgan, Chris Wood is the Teflon frying pan. Nothing sticks to him. His hold-up play is horrendous. John Joe Shelby changed the game for us uh, for the better. Defensively, our right side is a problem when Serge pushes up and leaves Worrell exposed. We also give the ball away far too cheaply. Thank you very much for everyone getting involved in that. And uh, uh, yeah, it's great to have so much interaction with with other fans. So player performances, I think we'll go through a few, starting with you, Reese. I thought Remo Freuler, probably one of his poorest games in a Forest shirt by the sounds of it. I mean, I, I, really hard to say because I didn't watch it and only listening to it, but it seemed like a lot of his passing wasn't wasn't great as it as it normally is. I know he's quite a safe player and keeps things sticking over, but even when he like zipping them balls into Morgan Gibbs White on the half turn, you hope they didn't seem to be doing anything. And Morgan Gibbs White didn't help himself by not maybe making most of the pass, but both have got to be good. And I think the pass it starts with the pass really. Um, I'm going to say something which probably will come out as slightly controversial, but I do feel Freuler's gone into the Yates category of there was a little bit of negativity towards him and that has meant like our fans have overly defended him to make him out to be something that he isn't. I think Yates and Freuler are decent centre mids for this level but I don't think they are at the level some fans think they are and I also don't think that the level that some fans think they're absolutely crap. I just think they're decent centre mids. Um, the problem, the problem is now for us as the centre mid is like Shelby played in that kind of CDM when he come on. He was dropping in between the centre backs, getting the ball, and he was pinging it. Like I said in my last comment, so the kind of problem is, is have we got a few centre mids who are a bit. The same, I mean, because we've all said that Freuler's best position for us has been in that CDM role where we can, you know, kind of, like you said, we Adam, where he made that goal-saving challenge, was it against Leicester, them type of jobs. Mm. So it's a, it's a bit of a conundrum for Cooper um, where we play our centre-mids, really, because they've got to play across that three. And so I'm not really sure which way Randy will actually go with Um it's like Mangala, you know, I asked you last week in Ty about him. We said he's, you know, we're not really seeing much from him either way. He was really poor yesterday and it is a bit of a concern like as well, like Christian said, away from home because if you start to lose the midfield battle away from home, you, you got, you've got no hope. You really haven't. And it, so it's a conundrum for Cooper where we have, say, Yates comes back fit and then we've got Froiler, we've got Shelby, we've got Danilo, we've got Mangala. Kuyate's come back as well. So it'll be interesting to see really what the manager thinks is our best three centre mids and where across that centre mid they go. Because I think at the minute, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure if you guys want to add anything onto that. We might be something we have a bit of a debate on in a, in a little bit. We'll just go through a few more people. Um, Rob, I want to ask you about Morgan Gibbs-White yesterday because I thought 
he was quiet against Leeds and I think Leeds did a job, but I'm also in the agreement of with Reese that I'm not sure if he's hundred percent fit at the moment. Yeah, I, I thought that watching yesterday. He doesn't look like the Gibbs White of a few weeks ago where he, he wanted the ball, he was making, you know, getting us up the pitch, keeping hold of the ball, playing passes at the right time. Yesterday everything that went towards him it just seemed to cannon off him at, at parts or it it take too long getting a pass out of his feet or something like that. So because he did what game is it the Man United game? He went off injured in that game, didn't he? Yeah. I don't think he's I don't think he's back to full fitness, but I think he's one of them players that he just wants to play football. But obviously if it's to the detriment of the rest of the team, then it's it's not gonna help us, especially away from home where when we do get the ball, we've got to keep it. We can't be just turning over possession all the time. Yeah, I mean I think with with Gibbs Why is it like a case of you don't want to not play him because he's so important to us. Yeah, he's got that bit of quality. So yeah, he could, like you say, just he could turn on halfway line and bang Johnson's in, or you know, he's he's played the pass and we're in on goal again or something like that. So, but again, if he's not hundred percent fit and it's causing us problems, especially like say at tough places where you're losing the midfield battle anyway against Fulham, um, it's it's a cause for concern. But also the players that could come in in his position, they're not fit either. Like Lingard, he's He's not been fit all season, really, has he? And no. Players like that, so. Well, yeah. Christian, we're going to move on to someone who I've got a strong opinion on, and that's Chris Wood. Because I think, I've, uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't obviously watch the game. I don't know about yourself, but listening on the radio, I heard him mention twice, and that was getting close to the Johnson cross and coming off the pitch. I thought it was fucking abysmal. I, it's all. I mean, while, while I was talking, actually, funny enough, I guess well, I was looking to see if Lingard was on the bench yesterday. Obviously, he wasn't. So, um, you know, that is an issue. You know, you do feel like. I mean, one of the things that restricted. I mean, Cooper Sox spoke about it much day after the game was that, um, you know, obviously by having to use two subs early, he sort of lost some attacking options later on in the half, which he would have liked to have used. But I, I, I was going to wonder maybe if Lingard was on the bench, but would he, would he have come on for Gibbs White if he was fit? Probably. Who knows? I think maybe he's just trying to exert himself a little bit too much at the minute. But then, as you said, he's too important not to play. So I, I don't know. Anyway, it's a week to the next game, so we'll see. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spelled R E I S S N F F C. Or I'm also on Facebook. 
book at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. But I mean, in regards to words, it's difficult. I feel like a lot of people, similar to what how Reese was explaining earlier about like Friday and Yates and that sort of battle there, it just seems that a lot of people have written Red off completely already. And admittedly, he's not played amazingly well so far. But I mean, obviously the Bournemouth game, he was thrown in with what a day's training, if that. Um, against Leeds, he, he looks a bit slow against Leeds, to be fair. It wasn't for lack of effort. He just didn't look particularly you know, there. And um, obviously yesterday, I mean, he was unlucky with a Johnson chance. But I mean, what I don't understand, though, is if we're going to play Woods, why are we not playing to his strength? Similar to what Lee said the other week. Like, like we start, like, even at the end, we took Wood off and started banging balls into the box. It's like, well, why are we doing that? Like, <laughs> the one person you want on the end of the balls on the end of the box, you just hooked off. I query whether he's right to start for Forest at this moment in time. Maybe this, like, it needs to be like bedling slowly. Maybe a case of like getting 20 minute runouts here and there. I, I don't really know. It's difficult because Surridge, for all his toil and hard work and effort, you know, there's still going to be question marks about his quality to deliver Taiwo. Dennis, again, it's <laughs> difficult because no one really knows. Like, has he done enough to warrant? getting a run of game starting I don't know I don't necessarily think he has has he had a fair crack of whip again probably not it's a very difficult situation for him and I don't know part of me thinks that because Wood hasn't come in and started scoring goals everyone's already on his case hmm. and that's pretty knowing how Forest fans are this isn't a slight on you as well Adam but knowing how Forest I mean I'm exactly the same with other players but once that you know, once you sort of cross that bridge, there's no real coming back from it unless it's like exceptional. So, I, I mean, it's like the, the, the film, the quote from Mike Bassett, isn't it? Like the ball hits a post, goes one way, you're a winner, it goes the other, and you're unlucky. He's millimeters away from that cross from Johnson. If he puts that in the back of the net, we're all saying, fucking hell, like, you know, great, he's got us an away goal, like, he's got us back into the game. Hmm. I don't know. It, it seems there's a bit of a not a miscommunication as such, but. You know, we play to his strengths when he's not on the pitch, and don't and don't play to his strengths when he is on it, and that's ultimately something's got to change whether we're going to get the best out of Wood or not. Yeah. Before I let you jump in, Reese, my my opinion on Wood is it's not the the fact that I'm just jumping in and saying he's shit. The problem is I've watched him in two and a bit games, and even though he might not be fit, he might not be used to the system. He's not getting his body in between him and the defender. So why is he not holding it up when he does get it? He's it's just bouncing off him, or players are nicking it off him. He's not offering for the ball. I'm not bothered if he if he doesn't score. We had Keenan Davis who scored what five or six goals last season, but his all-round build-up play in bringing players into play, getting us up the pitch, and just being an absolute horrible bastard was what I loved about him. He was brilliant for the team. It didn't matter. And he did end up chipping in with a few goals. That's my gripe. With, with respect, Wood. though, Wood isn't going to beat five players and score. No, I know, like, but know like at least hold the, the ball up. At least do so, at least look like you're interested. Half the time, it doesn't seem he's bothered. It doesn't want to even want to get on the ball half the time. That's, that's, <sighs> I've, not heard, I've not heard it in commentary. And when I've watched him, I've just not seen it. So I'm happy to give him another go. But I've, I've just... For me, I'm not. I'm not sure if this kind of fits. If he's if he's going to play, it has to be like a normal four four two where you're going to cross the ball in, like you said, Christian, or a four two three one where he's down the middle of the pitch because this out wide business, he, he's not got the attributes for it. But that's just my honest fuming opinion. I probably 
my head finally fell off yesterday after I heard nothing from him. So, <laughs> uh, Reese, let you jump in, mate. The bottom line is, we would if if you want that to work, we'd have to change formation at the front. He's got to go through the middle, and you'd have to probably ship Gibbs White, Gibbs White more to left. Are we going to do that? Probably not, because Wood's got to play through the middle. He can't, he can't play like a left strike and run the channels. It's just, that just is not no. his game. And so you'd have to play him through the middle. And what you'd look at then is he try and hold it up, which he has got to do better. I agree, Adam. And then Johnson and whoever was on the left run off him and then try and get him in behind, etc. But you're not, I can't imagine Cooper shifting Gibbs White to the left. So really, has he got a place in the side? Probably not at the minute. I think it's just weird. I mean, like Cooper wouldn't surely, surely Cooper wouldn't play him if he didn't think that he was, he was showing something mm. in training or has some faith in what he's going to do. I mean, it's, it's three starts in a row. Like, no, and uh, great, us, I mean, I, against Leeds, I thought that Wobber and Cooper did a fairly good job on him, to be fair. But I mean, if we're looking at him to win every single ball, he's not going to do that. Like, I, I, think, I think like we've gone into this with sort of like mixed expectations. I've gone into, I think he can maybe do a job for us. That's my like, honest opinion. I don't think he's going to score 10, 15 goals for us. Absolutely not. But it does seem as if some do have that viewpoint, and that's just fantasy land. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, it's just about, you know, I, I don't know. Honestly, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he's not a left, left wide forward. He just I think, I think as well, a lot, a lot of animosity has come from the fact that people have seen the fee, what we're going to pay yeah. for him. Probably, and yeah. Like myself, similar, to William, similar to Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. Myself, I thought, yeah, short term, he's something who can offer his experience. Um, but when I even when I saw the fee, I was like, fucking hell, that's a lot of money for him. You know what I mean? That, let's go back to the summer, and I hate doing this, but people were saying 50 million is ridiculous for a, white, a right wing back who'd been phenomenal for us and had a high ceiling. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a lot of money when he's 31 as well, so he's not really got a lot of resale value. So I think I mean, that's kind of come into it, really. If, if we'd have paid maybe, sorry, I'd have a 5 million for him, maybe, I'd, maybe that. The expectations won't be as high, but um, yeah, he has got to offer a bit more physically. You know, he's a big guy, and you just see centre halves like wrestling with him. And he's just he's got to put it about a bit more for me. Um, but he's as... nervous against Leeds. I thought, yeah, nervous. Like, he wasn't. It wasn't the fact to do with like he was shying away. He just didn't like looked like he didn't really. As if like a defender's going to come up his backside, and it's like always oh, a bit wary about controlling the ball. You know, use it, use mm. your frame of your body, and just try and hold him off. But um. As I said, going back to the formation, it's yeah, I'm not um, you know, like you said, Christian Cooper is playing him, so it must be something. Yeah, must yeah. Be, I mean, I just you said at the start that's... of the pod, you said at the start of the pod race. I mean, obviously, we got to the point with Cooper where we trust him implicitly, yeah, and you know that, that, that can't change for one player because we don't agree with how he's playing. No, of course not. But um, as fans, you always have an opinion, you know. What yeah, I mean? of course. We, yeah. We, you know, like we. You know, every signing get everything. That's football, and to everything gets mm. questions as fans. Yeah, I, I just think if you were, was to want to see the best of Chris Wood, would have to play him through the middle, and Cooper hasn't done that, so I can't imagine. It's if like we're playing, playing him to like accommodate just him in the starting lineup at the minute, and that's a bit odd for me. We're missing Tywo. No doubt. We are missing Tywo. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
The, the only thing that would uh, accommodate Chris Wood for me is you go four two three one and we lose a player in the centre midfield. So you go, you go, jo- I, you go, Johnson. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go Johnson wide right. You play Gibbs white behind Wood and probably Dennis wide left. Or because Scar- Scarpa, although I, like, I do like him, he's just not got the pace for it. Whereas Dennis has got at least summer. And then, and then, do you lose the midfield battle because you're going to play? You probably play John Joe Shelby and Froiler in there, or or, yeah, a dis- or another Shelby. destroyer like like a Yates or a Kiatu who, who do Shelby's running for him basically. So <laughs> that's 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 the conundrum we have. But yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's just a... to touch on Dennis as well. He, like yesterday, he can ghost past people so easily, and then you know at one point he nearly snapped Kenny Tete's Achilles because <laughs> it, it chopped him back and he like stumbled on the back of his Achilles Tete and managed to just like stand up. But then he and then it's his end product. It's just either, you know, there was one where he got like to ball and he chopped it right back to Ore like with loads of power to like 30 yards out. And I was like, and like Ore could barely control it. And then obviously the chance he had, he's got it at the target there. You know, or at know least cut it back. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know it's too, a bit but... wide, but he's got to hit the target. Such a frustrating player because you can see he's got talent, and that's the annoying thing, you know. And on on the wood thing, um, obviously, we had him saying about changing the formation. I think if we change to the 4 2 3 1, I think to benefit Chris Wood, it's a detriment to other people. I don't think Johnson's as good with wide right as he is as that striker. I think you just have to play a 4 3 3 with Wood as your. I know he plays Gibbs White as a false nine, but and then you then it's the detriment to Morgan as well. So yeah, he's exactly, not going to put yeah. him out of position. So it's conundrums for Steve. He's got a lot of them at the yeah. minute, especially <laughs> in that position in the centre mids, like we mentioned earlier. But um, yeah, good luck to him. <laughs> right, should we hop? So just before we get into Man City predictions, I just do I do want to go through like the away kind of form mentality and and everything, and get everyone's opinion on this and. And see what everyone thinks. Obviously, Rob, I want to start with you. Like, what what do you think is going wrong? What why do you think we seem so scared to go away? Obviously, we went to Southampton before and and Bournemouth and got positive results there. But then yesterday we seemed to go into our bit of a shell. Yesterday, apart from maybe a spell within the second half. Yeah, it's 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 quite alarming that, like I think someone said earlier, once we concede one goal, you think that's it. There's no way back. Um, the players just seem to go into the shell. Um, and like I said, we've got we've been to places this year and got absolutely hammered. Like the Arsenal game, that springs to mind where we just collapse. And it's like one goes in, two goes in, three goes in. You think, what, what's the point? Luckily, our home form has been decent this season. But if we didn't have that, and obviously we've got a really tough home game coming up next, where we're probably not going to get anything again. Um, we could be looking where we're dropping a few places in the league and looking over our shoulders again at dropping back into the bottom three. Um, but I can't, I can't put my finger on why we just seem to basically just fold as soon as a goal goes in away from home. Yeah. Christian, what do you think the answer is? Do you think it's formation? Do you think it's personnel? Because it seemed like, obviously, so many people on on, on online said John Joe Shelby made such a difference. Do you think someone like him who's been there and done it will help that? in terms of getting a bit more of a foothold in games away from home going forward now or 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 what? Maybe. I mean, the main thing is belief. I mean, they're the same players. These are the same players that all hold like, or beat a, a decent Premier League side at home like it's nothing, restricting to no shots on target at all, and go away like a different player. 
I, I, I don't understand. It must be infuriating for Cooper. He must be pulling his uh, what Harry has left out. I mean, like, <laughs> it's sort of like it's, it's, you know, you look at like take Worrell, prime example. Worrell's the mm. last few home games he's played has been an absolute colossus. Goes away yesterday and plays like a fucking pissed up Titus Bramble. Like, what, what, what are you meant to do? Like, is your manager? You sort of look at like what are you meant to do? These are the same players that are showing you they can do things consistently, and as soon as they leave the city ground in Nottingham, they just transform into something inept. Like I, even in the games we've won, like we've got taken points in the way. I mean, Bournemouth are crap; they're going down. Southampton are crap; they're going down, and we were poor in that game as well, especially second half away at Southampton. Like we weren't particularly good. Brighton away, we were lucky, really. I mean, fair enough, they didn't really create that much, but you know, on another day we we lose that two 0 Like I know you say they make your own luck in football, but and no, you look at our goal difference, like minus 20, that's a point in itself. And then we've got two huge, huge away games in West Ham and Leeds coming. And I don't see how we're going to get anything from it. I, again, like I said in the last part, before the Fulham, I had a Fulham, I honestly thought we could get something from Fulham the way we're playing. Like, you know, we are the team that's taken the most points in the league in 2023 before yesterday. And we've gone to a team that hasn't won, haven't scored in three games, haven't won in three league games. And we get a performance like that. I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't. I, I mean, this is where you look at your experienced leaders. You're right. Maybe people like Shelby come in. Maybe people like Felipe come in. People have been there and done it and know how to grind out wins at top top level. But I don't know. I really don't know because I, I, it's just baffling. It really is baffling how you've seen the same team like at home play some really good stuff, defends impeccably. You know, shut out some of the best players in the world, and then go away and just like look. Circus clowns look like world beaters. I just don't understand it. <laughs> Reese, anything to add? Yeah, for me, like at home, I, I think we believe we can be anyone at the, from the bottom upwards to you probably elite side. So we're talking like Manchester United, Arsenal. Um, like we got a draw against Chelsea. I know Chelsea are what are the ninth this season, some of the still an elite side who are struggling, and we've like we beat Liverpool. Should, should have beat Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we should have done. Um, but away from home, it's like that belief is only the teams who are right at the bottom. Like as Christian said, Bournemouth, Southampton, anyone above that, it's like a struggle. It's like as next away against West Ham. Nah, do you guys think we could go? We'll go there and get a result because no, I don't. Not current form. No, <laughs> yeah. when it steps up that extra level to a, a side who are a bit better than the relegation contenders, it's like them fine margins go that bit finer and we're always kind of on the end end of the fine margins as we saw yesterday. I mean, the second goal, they couldn't miss that. He could not miss that. He had, you know, the freedom of, as you said, I think it was you, Adam, the freedom of West London to put that in. So, um, yeah, t- it's been a concern all season, and like Christian said, it'll be it still will be a massive concern for Cooper. He'll be pulling out his hair while he does have left, uh, as said. But yeah, it'll be interesting. The next one will be interesting away because, as much as West Ham squad aren't, um, shouldn't be down there. They are the four points below us. They're gonna there's gonna be massive pressure on them in that game. So we've got to go there and let's see how we get on and we've got to get over another hurdle otherwise we're gonna like Rob says we're gonna be going back towards the bottom three because we've got a tough run of fixtures you know we've, we've said about as home form but you know the league champions are coming next to the city ground so 
<laughs> it's not it's not one you put your finger on to say, oh yeah, I can see is hundred percent beating them, or we should be beating them. So yeah, it's got to improve away from home. We've said that all season. Um, so um, obviously after City one, very interesting. Um, has the Leeds one been rearranged yet? Is that still no? It's I think like it's... the Premier League have just forgot about our game, haven't they? And <laughs> we might get to the end of the season and like, oh, Leeds and Forest haven't played thirty-eight games. Oh yeah, they've still got to play. Yeah, like, I'm guessing the waiting on it? yeah, the I'm guessing the waiting on um like Leeds' FA Cup run, but that could be a big game. So um, yeah, it's, yeah, the West Ham one will be might might see a bit closer where we are away from home because let's be honest, I know West Ham have got a better squad than us, etc. But that is a place where you'd be looking to pick up a point, really, because they're down at the bottom with you. It's a six-pointer. Yeah. I mean, you kind of lead in perfectly into to the predictions of, obviously, we're playing Man City next. And I don't I don't know how we approach that game. Obviously, they play t- uh, today and then they play midweek as we do this podcast. So we don't know where they, they could be three points behind Arsenal going into the game that they play. Uh, against Arsenal in midweek before they they come to the city ground, so and it, they've had a bit of a change and, and a bit of a squabble, especially in the media, haven't they? Um, <laughs> with with all their financial things, uh, Rob, how do you think we approach that Man City game, or do you think it's kind of what's the point in turning up? Although I don't like to have that attitude because you never know in in football. Yeah, it's it's not going to be um, pleasant to watch. I don't think we're going to have none of the ball. I don't think at all. It's just going to be watching attack versus defense. Um, I know Lee's been quite positive of his predictions, anti recently? So, sorry, Lee, but I'm going to uh, ruin it for you now. Um, Head says that we're probably going to get beat 2 or 3 nil. We'll, we'll give him a game, but it'll be comfortable for him. Hart says we could probably get a 1-1 draw. But we've we've got to set up, like I say, with three solid centre midfielders in there. And like they were saying earlier, I will probably put Gibbs, White, Johnson and Dennis up front just for pace to try and catch him on break. Because that's the only joy I can see is getting against them. Yeah. Christian? Um, so, obviously, you try and take what Cooper says. You know, you try not to get too high of the wins and too down the losses sort of thing. Obviously, you look at the bigger picture and obviously judge fingers on when obviously our way form is concerning. But ultimately, we are still a few points clear at the bottom three. My worry is after next weekend, we will not be clear because we're going to get absolutely fucking dicks. So it'll be 4-0 City at least. Minimum. <laughs> Minimum. We don't have mentality for it. No, sorry, we don't have mentality for it. Yeah. Like, like Reese alluded to earlier. Like, as soon, like it's all well and good. Like, we saw it in the United game. Like, like fair enough. The, the second leg when the time was done was a bit better. But you know, when you're on top in games, you have to score. I don't think we have the conviction to do that against the top sides. We we, we had twenty minutes against United where the score was one nil and we were banging down their door. We couldn't find a way through. They got the other end of the score. Man City are a much, much, much better team. Than Man United. I know they lost through some bullshit decision of Old Trafford, <laughs> VAR call, which is absolutely nonsensical. They'll cut us to ribbons. We'll, we'll get absolutely fucking dicks. I, I, like, that's going to be, you know, hide behind your seat in the ground, hide behind the fucking Atifo, hide behind the sofa. They're going to destroy us. Is this and why you sold me your ticket? I hate being negative. <laughs> yeah. I, hate being, I hate being negative, but I don't see anything other than 4-0. Like you, you saw, I mean, you, you look at who's on the pitch. So it'll be Warrell, it'll be Warrell and Felipe, right? Do you trust yeah. Joe Warrell to man Mark Erling Haaland on yesterday's performance? Oh well, no, hundred percent not. But absolutely not. So <laughs> what chance have we got? Like also, bear in mind, you know, Arsenal have dropped points. I suspect City will 
I think they got Villa later, haven't they? Yeah. They'll probably get something from that because you know, they'll start spending blood now. They'll be like, all right, we've let this go on for too long. Now it's hard time. They'll probably get a result later. They'll come to City Ground and it'll be like, you know, Pep's demons. They'll, they'll, they're averages. There is no heart says we might get a point. We're not going to get a point. We'll get fucked. Like, take up this chin and move on to West Ham. Oh, uh, Reese, any positivity? Because the way I see it, Man City should win today, but then they go to the Emirates, I believe it is, in midweek and could they get do, yeah. could get beat. And that, that game kind of... I mean, I think either way, if they beat if they beat Arsenal midweek and they go level on points, it's kind of shit, they smell blood. And if they lose, they're going to be really angry and they're going to smell blood. So I kind of think it'll, it's... It'll be like when uh, Dredrick Tatum comes out of prison on Simpsons to fight Homer and he's like... He's been put away for his brutal crimes. There's no mode to fly us out this week. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to get revenge on Homer Simpson. Um, no, I'm not going to be as negative as Christian, but I do totally agree with a point he made in there was that the fact that when we're on top in games against better opposition, we have to make it count at the minute we're not. Example, like Christian said, Manchester United, very unlucky with a VAR, fair enough. Yesterday, another example on top for 20 minutes, we've made Leno make one save and he he come out and Superman won from a corner as well, which was, a, you had seen on the highlights, which was a really good corner from Gibbs White, I think it was. Um, <laughs> It's tough because you don't, you kind of don't know how the week's going to pan out for City because they've not played this weekend and not obviously, that's a massive game in mid- midweek. You know, Arsenal are cracking a little bit, you know, two on the, spin they probably would have expected to get six points from they've got one so it'd be interesting to see how they go on this week City at the minute it is maybe a good time to play City in the sense that the off the field problems you just don't know how they're going to react to that the problem is they could go the other way which is like you said get really angry and take it out on us so if City turn up next week they'll beat us because City are the best side in the world for me on when they're on it. Um, if we can hassle them like we have certain sides at home, Liverpool and Chelsea, we have got a chance of maybe nicking something. But if I'm going with my head, I think it'll be three one to Man City. The Harlem one's interesting because at the minute they can't get they can't get the ball to him. So um, yeah, that'd be nice if I that mean... happens against us. But um, we've just got we've just got a as Rob said maybe. You know, go with a pacey front three and try and break on them um, because they're going to have a lot of the ball. If Jack Grealish starts, they're going to get a lot of fouls. That's going to frustrate the crowd, but which is but could go the other way where it actually might get the crowd up a little bit, revved up a bit. Mm. Um, with it being a big sporting day for Nottingham next Saturday as well with Lee fighting, so we'll have to see. But um, yeah, still might still pinch myself a little bit that. Pep Guardiola's going to be stood on the touchline at the City ground. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, yeah. I think the thing with City is, it's uh, is he going to tinker because he's he's been leaving De Bruyne out a little bit. Obviously, yeah, which is probably mental. the best the best fullback in the league has gone to Bayern Munich. Baffling that is what's happened with with Jao Cancelo, and yes. they've obviously given faith to a lot uh, to to Rico uh, Lewis, I believe it is. So, yeah. um, I think there are opportunities there it's just whether we can be disciplined enough to take them I mean you say play Dennis Gibbs White and Johnson you're going to need to you're going to need all three of them to do their defensive work do I trust Dennis to do defensive work or Johnson absolutely not not in a million years Johnson more than than Dennis I give him the credit for that but Dennis can surprise people with 
with going forward. Um, good and good and bad. <laughs> the thing is, though, if like you've got eleven defenders, it's like you're just throwing in the towel, isn't it? You've got to have some outlet. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. It, this is where you wish someone like Tyro when he was playing, and and mm. like maybe a Czech Kiate or Ryan Yates, who you know is just going to yeah. put a put a foot in, kind of thing. So, I'd be interested. I think John Joe Shelby could be a game for him to almost say, yeah, "Here I am. I will take. I will, I will take the." ball by the scruff of the own sort of thing and, and get on the ball and actually be a bit more brave on it. And I think if if one player can be brave and lead exa- by example in that instance, then it might give everyone a bit of chance. But I do I do think we'll lose and I think we'll lose probably 3-0, to be honest. And that's just the reality of it. We're just playing such a superior team to us. I just hope it's damage limitation rather than, than anything else. But we get ourselves up for the West Ham game. Yeah, as, as Christian mentioned as well, the goal difference, we wouldn't want that to take another massive hit. You know, no. if we get done like 5 0 or something, now you've got to, you know, you've got to try and keep this. Even if we go 1 0 down early on, we don't want the Zeds to go and end up getting thumped because that, with it being so tight at the bottom, like Christian said, that could turn out to be the difference. You never Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, we'll. This ends, uh, obviously, this podcast on Red Side of the Trent. We'll catch you in the next one when we do a preview for the Man City game with Amos Murphy, who we had on earlier this season. So we'll see you then and take care. Come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter. You know, use the Forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.